0: Good morning. Today we will begin our worship by singing hymn number five Lord, open thou my heart to hear. And I'll ask that everybody please stand. God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee, and just deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. And I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, Psalm today we continue in Psalm 119, beginning at verse 89, and the congregation is asked to read those verses in bold type. Forever, O Lord, your word is established in heaven. Your
1: faithfulness is for all generations. You have established earth and
0: they, have they continue this day according to your ordinance, for all are your servants. I will never forget your precepts, for with them you have revived me. I am yours to deliver me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked have waited to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies.
1: I have seen my
0: and mercy, O Lord, absolve us of our sins and deliver us from the bondage we have in our weakness brought upon ourselves. We ask this of you through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, ever one God, now and forever. You may be seated. Catechism lesson today, we again discuss the Lord's Supper, and we look at the question, how should we prepare ourselves to partake of the Lord's Supper? We should examine ourselves to see if we are truly penitent, that is, whether we are truly sorry for our sins and lament them, whether we look in faith to Christ Jesus and his atoning sacrifice on the cross for God's mercy, pardon, and forgiveness and whether we desire with the help and aid of God the Holy Spirit to amend our ways and live in accord with God's Holy Word. The Bible tells us in Second Corinthians chapter 13, Examine yourselves, seeing whether you in the faith. Test yourselves. And indeed, it's a good way to test yourself, to see if you are truly sorry for your sins and you truly look to Christ for mercy and forgiveness, to also ask whether you have the desire, with the help and aid of God the Holy Spirit, to henceforth amend your life. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 28 through 32, which immediately follows uh, the account of the institution of the Lord's Supper, says, Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and unhealthy among you, and many die. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we would not be condemned with the world. And so it points out the importance of judging ourselves in the light of God's word to see where we have sinned and failed in accord with what the scriptures teach, or as Luther directs us, to look at our role in life, uh, our God-given duties in life according to the Ten Commandments, and to see where we have failed to live up to God's word and what he requires of us, and to repent and look to the Lord for mercy and forgiveness, and then seek to amend our ways and live for him. And so the psalm, or or 1 Corinthians 11, directs us to judge ourselves so that we do not end up being judged by the Lord or disciplined by the Lord. Psalm 32, the first five verses. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord does not count iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was changed into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I did not conceal. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And so in preparing to partake of the Lord's Supper, It is so important that we examine ourselves, not hide and cover up our sins or pretend that they are insignificant, but confess them to the Lord and receive God's mercy and forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 139, the last two verses say, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my concerns and see if there is any rebellious way in me and lead me in the ancient way, or we're used to hearing it as the everlasting, the way everlasting. And so we ask God to search us, to test our hearts, and to show us if our thoughts, our lives are contrary to God's word, and that then he would lead us in the ancient or everlasting way, the way that was presented Uh, to God's people from the very beginning in the Scriptures. Our epistle lesson today is recorded in Hebrews chapter 13, beginning at verse 7. Here we read, Remember those who rule over you, who have proclaimed to you the word of God. Follow their faith considering the results it has produced in their lives. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away with diverse and strange doctrines. It is a good thing that the heart be strengthened with grace, not with foods which have, no pro- which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. We have an altar from which those who serve in the tabernacle have no right to eat, For the bodies of those beasts, whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest on account of sin, are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, so that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing the reproach which he bore. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they watch over your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do this with joy and not complaining, for that would not be profitable to you. Pray for us, for we trust that we have a good conscience and in all things are willing to live honestly. But I implore you to pray that I may be restored to you very soon. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight, Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I implore you, brothers, to heed this word of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words. Know that our brother Timothy has been set free, with whom I shall see you if he comes soon. Greet all those who rule over you and all the saints, those from Italy greet you. Grace be with you all. Amen. I ask you to please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel appointed for today is recorded in St. Matthew's Gospel in chapter 25, beginning at the first verse. Jesus is speaking. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps but took no oil with them, but the wise took jars of oil with their lamps. While the bridegroom delayed, they all rested and slept, but at midnight there was a cry, Look, the bridegroom is coming, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps have gone out. The wise answered, No, lest there not be enough for us and you. Go rather to those who sell it and buy some for yourselves. But while they went to buy some, the bridegroom came, And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Here ends our reading of the Holy Gospel. confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed, which is found on page 12 in the front of your hymnal. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. We continue by singing hymn 410. Jesus, lead thou on. you to bow your heads and join me in a word of prayer dear heavenly father again we pray your spirit's blessing and guidance upon both the speaking and the hearing of your word to stay that we might be edified built up in our faith in our lord and savior jesus christ and preserved in that faith unto life everlasting we pray this in jesus name amen the Word of God, which we consider today, is a portion of the epistle lesson read to you a few minutes ago. I read again from Hebrews 13, verses 7 through 17. Remember those who rule over you, who have proclaimed to you the Word of God. Follow their faith, considering the results it has produced in their lives. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away with diverse and strange doctrines. It is a good thing that the heart be strengthened with grace, not with foods which have have not profited those who have been occupied with them. We have an altar from which those who serve in the tabernacle have no right to eat. The bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest on account of sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, so that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing the reproach that he bore. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they watch over your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do this with joy and not complaining, for that would not be profitable to you. We are coming to the close of this series of sermons on the book of Hebrews, and except for the Thanksgiving service, I think this will be the the final one in the series. But as we come to the close of this book, we see that uh, the Apostle Paul, or the writer to the Hebrews, we're not certain that Paul wrote it, though that was the early belief that he did, we see that... Throughout the entire book, he goes deep into doctrine, explaining how the Old Testament uh, services of the tabernacle pointed ahead to our Lord Jesus Christ and his priesthood, how he's a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, and how he sacrificed himself on the cross once for the sins of all the people, and how much better, that is, than the Old Testament worship where the priest again and again, year after year, had offered sacrifices for himself and for the sins of the people. And he points out that the blood of those sacrifices did not really remove sin, but rather had pointed ahead to Christ and his perfect sacrifice on the cross. And how when we are brought into this new covenant, which he established with his blood, We have forgiveness for all our sins. We're accepted by God, and we can come into his very presence. And so in the first first 12 chapters of this book, it really goes into detail, explaining these things and pointing out what it is to live by faith and trust in Christ. As we come to chapter 13, it is kind of uh, the application and You know, kind of the wrapping up of all the things that he wants to say yet in this letter, all in this one final chapter, and especially in this last part of chapter 13. But one of the things that the author of the book of Hebrews urges upon us is to continue in the truth of God's word and not to be led away from the truth by hearing and heeding diverse and strange doctrines teaching that's not in agreement with the truth revealed to us in the Bible. And certainly this is all important for us as believers, that we continue the truth and that we not be led away, led astray with strange and different doctrines that are not taught in the Holy Scriptures. This reminds me of St. Paul's exhortation to Timothy, Where he says, But continue in the things that you have learned and been assured of, knowing those from whom you have learned them, and that since childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so Paul urged Timothy to continue in what he had been taught from the Scriptures, because the Scriptures can make you wise into salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, and the Scriptures also teach us how we should live for God as believers on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's for this reason that the writer to the Hebrews, in two different sections here of chapter 13, encourages us to follow in the faith of those who rule over us and have taught us God's word. Uh, We see this in verse 7. Remember those who rule over you, who have proclaimed to you the word of God. Follow their faith, considering the results it has produced in their lives we see it in verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they watch over your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do this with joy and not complaining, for that would not be profitable to you. And so we are to consider the doctrine and life of those who have taught us the word of God. And we're to follow after them. And we're to consider how that doctrine affected their life and their faith. Though earthly teachers may come and go, we also see from the scriptures here that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, what does that mean for us in regard to doctrine and following faithful teachers? While pastors may come and go, While you may have had several pastors in your lifetime who taught you God's word, yet Jesus Christ is the same always. He never changes. His doctrine never changes. And so if you are taught the truth in the Lord Jesus Christ, it doesn't change with the times. It continues to be the same. Jesus Christ continues to call us to repent of our sins and look to him and his cross for forgiveness and everlasting life. And indeed, our hearts should be strengthened, as it says here, by the abounding grace of God toward us in Jesus Christ, and not by foods, or ceremonies, rituals, rites, that cannot and do not justify us and give us favor with God. And so we are told, you know, do not be carried away with diverse and strange doctrines. It is a good thing that the heart be strengthened with grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. And so it's so important that we continue in the word of God in order that we might be strengthened in our faith in Jesus Christ and in him alone, that we might truly see that we are utterly sinful and unclean before God, but by God's grace alone, through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, When we trust in Him, we are counted righteous. And so God's grace abounds to us as we continue to hold fast to Jesus and His cross. And it points out that, you know, the shortcomings of these rituals and sacrifices, because it goes on to say, we have an altar which those who serve in the tabernacle have, of which those who serve in the tabernacle have no right to eat. And it speaks of, you know, the temple worship. And we have an altar of which they have no right to eat. Uh, We partake of Christ. And they are focused on the animal sacrifices that they continued to offer at that time. It wasn't until God put an end to sacrifice in AD 70 when the Romans came uh, that these sacrifices ceased. the animal sacrifices to which sin were, was imputed in the Old Testament were burned outside the camp. And the writer to the Hebrews says, So our Lord Jesus Christ suffered for our sins and for the sins of all outside the gates of the city of Jerusalem. It was there that our sins were laid upon Jesus. It was there that he suffered our just punishment, that he made atonement for our sins. Think of the passage in Isaiah 53, verse 6, where it says, All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And our sins, our iniquities, were laid on Jesus, and he paid the price outside the gates of Jerusalem. Or we might consider 1 John chapter 2, where it speaks of us having an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and the sins of the whole world. And the point is, instead of holding to the rituals of the Old Testament temple worship, and of course we can apply this also to man-made rituals of any time, We go outside the gates of Jerusalem to Jesus and to his cross that we might receive pardon and forgiveness for all our sins through faith in Jesus and his perfect and holy sacrifice for us. The sacrifices made at the temple in Jerusalem did not measure up. They could not pay for sin. They only served to point to Jesus Christ. Our works today... Any rituals, ceremonies, anything that we do does not measure up to pay the price for sin. That is only done through Jesus and his cross where he paid the price of the sins of the world. And so we are to turn away from the works, the rites, rituals advocated by the leaders in the outward visible church in this world we to go outside the camp to our Lord Jesus and his cross that we might be saved, not by anything we do, but by grace alone, through faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. We partake of Jesus and his sacrifice for the sins of all that we might have forgiveness and life, be acceptable to God and pleasing in his sight. And indeed, many seek to establish earthly kingdoms, even, even in the church to an extent. Uh, the Roman church, of course, sought to establish its own, you know, it even was a civil power and it sought to establish its own kingdom. But in order to come to Christ, even though Luther and the Reformers tried to reform the church, they ended up having to go outside the church to Jesus Christ and to trust in him alone for forgiveness and life and of course the true church was outside the church in this world the same thing is often true today you know church leaders seek to build up their kingdoms we seek to have you know the biggest church to accommodate all people so that you know we can have the biggest denomination and You know, the most things going on in our church. But as believers in Christ, we have to go outside of that and go to Jesus and his cross outside the gates. And there we find forgiveness for all our sins and everlasting life. In addition to being exhorted to offer up the sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving, to our God and to meet the needs of others, which I'm going to skip over today because I'm going to use that for our Thanksgiving service. Again, we are exhorted in verse 17 to obey those who rule over us with the word of God, that they may do so with joy rather than with grief or complaining or grumbling. And we are to obey and submit to the faithful preaching and teaching of God's word because those who are faithful preachers and teachers are looking out for our eternal welfare. This verse, in verse 17, where it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they watch over your souls as those who must give an account, points out, first of all, that you know pastors, teachers of God's Word, are called by our Lord Jesus Christ, and they must give an account to Him. in. 1 Corinthians, in chapter 5, I believe it's chapter 4, it says, Let a man so regard us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. And moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And so pastors are to be faithful to the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or in the words of Jeremiah, chapter 23, He who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. And so having the word of God, pastors are responsible to Jesus Christ who called them into the ministry to faithfully preach and teach God's word to the people that the Holy Spirit working through the word might convict them of sin and point them to Jesus and his cross for mercy and forgiveness. And of course, Jesus told his disciples, he who listens, to you listens to me he who rejects you rejects me and he who rejects him he who rejects me rejects him who sent me and so when pastors are faithfully preaching and teaching god's word not to listen to them is not to listen to jesus and if you're not listening to jesus you are not listening and honoring god the father who sent jesus as i said this passage here talks about That they have to give an account and that they may do this with joy and not complaining, for that would not be profitable for you. The Greek word behind complaining here is sometimes translated as grief or sorrow. The word seems to indicate a grumbling, but not audible, just, you know, within the person. And indeed, it causes pastors grief when they preach and teach. The word of god and people don't listen to it people don't heed it or when people neglect the services of god's house and neglect to hear and learn god's word you know i am personally of the opinion that we should have multiple services of the week and sermons should be an hour long and not 10 or 15 minutes or 20 if i'm pushing it but that we should be Digging deeper and deeper into the Word of God. Even though Calvin's theology may have suffered in some points, I think probably most of us would agree there. One thing that Calvin did is he preached every day because he sought to literally pour the Word of God into his hearers so that the Holy Spirit could work through the Word of God to teach and to strengthen them in their faith and then of course we could go back to uh, luther Uh, they didn't have services just once a week either Uh, they preached often and if you've ever read Luther's sermons uh, they would not fit in 15 or 20 minutes unless he was one of those fast talkers like on the end of tv commercials Uh, he preached lengthy sermons in order to explain and teach the word of god to the people and so the point is here, once again, we are to listen to those who rule over us with the word of God. Of course, this is not a, a uh, command to listen to your pastors in other matters, or if they go outside the word of God that you need to do whatever they say. It's a command to listen to them when they are preaching and teaching God's word. That they may have joy when you hear the word of god and you're growing in faith in the lord jesus christ and not sorrow or grief or even grumbling like elijah the prophet in the wilderness uh, when the word of god is rejected because that is not profitable for you what is profitable for you is to be growing in the knowledge of your lord and savior jesus christ growing in the knowledge of god trusting in him for your salvation and for all things i invite you to consider the importance of preaching the word for example in paul's letter to timothy i read to you from chapter 3 but in the very next chapter the first two verses so it's really a part of what i just read Paul told Timothy, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and at his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all patience and teaching. So what was Timothy to do? He was to preach and teach God's word in season and out of season or the words of the Apostle Paul to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, beginning at verse 26, he says, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I did not keep from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to the entire flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know that after my departure, dreadful wolves will enter among you, not sparing the flock. Even from among you, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw the disciples away after them. Therefore, watch, remembering that for three years, night and day, which says something about Paul's preaching, wasn't just once a week on Sunday mornings. For three years, night and day, I did not cease to warn everyone with tears. Now, brothers, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. And so they were commended to God and to the word of his grace. We are commended to God and to the word of his grace, because his word of grace tells us that Jesus Christ has done it all. That in Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness. That in Jesus Christ and his cross, there is life. That the way to be acceptable in God's sight is not by anything we do, but it is through faith in Jesus and what he has done for us. And so we are to listen to our pastors and teachers when they faithfully preach and teach God's word to us. Not to listen to them, indeed, causes them sorrow, but who is it who truly suffers? Through neglecting, or though neglecting the words of faithful preachers may cause them grief, discouragement now, it will cause those who neglect to hear the word of God grief and sorrow forever. And so God grant that we heed these words, that we continue in the true faith, that we continue in the word of God, not focus on these other things which do not benefit anyone, but focus on hearing the words of grace, that we might confess our sins to the Lord and receive his mercy and forgiveness all for the sake of Jesus and his cross. God grant that to us for Jesus' sake. I ask you to please stand instead of reading uh, the usual words here i read again uh, the benediction and final greetings uh, of the of the apostle here in the book of hebrews now may the god of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought again from the dead our lord jesus the great shepherd of the sheep make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Continue our worship by bringing the sacrifice of our offerings to the Lord. I ask you to please stand and join us in the prayers of the church. O merciful Father, for the sake of the shed blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, forgive us for failing to walk by faith in the promises of your word. Move us to read and study our Bibles regularly and to come before you with our petitions and praises. Keep us from being overcome by our sinful inclinations and preserve us in the true and saving faith unto life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah, pray. O Jesus Christ, eternal Son of God and our Saviour, You gave your life for ours when you died on the cross and made atonement for our sins. Bless the work of our pastors and faithful pastors and missionaries everywhere, so that your life-giving word might be proclaimed among us and among the nations and peoples of the world, and that those who hear might repent of their sins and look to you and your cross for pardon and forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy. O Holy Spirit, do not forsake us because of our weakness and disobedience to your word. Be patient with us and move us to continue, continually repent of our sins and look in faith to our Savior for mercy. Teach us from your word, strengthen and keep us in the true and saving faith. Lord, in your mercy. Hear my o loving and merciful God, Our nation and people are living in darkness and under your wrath and judgment. Open the eyes and ears of our people and rulers that they may see and hear the truth of your word, repent of their evil deeds, and fall down at the feet of Jesus, pleading for pardon and forgiveness, and then seek to walk in your ways that your judgment may be turned away and your wrath against us be averted. Lord, in your mercy. O healer and preserver of both our bodies and our souls, as you have promised, we ask you to provide for all our needs of body and soul and preserve us from all harm and danger and all evil. We lift up to you those among us who are afflicted. We remember, especially today, Joyce, Matthew, Carl, Ron, Bill, and others we name in our hearts. Have mercy upon us. Grant healing to the sick. Comfort to those oppressed, and strength for all to endure the troubles and afflictions of this life in the hope of everlasting glory for the sake of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. 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 You may be seated. We continue by singing hymn 318, Before Thee, God, Who Knowest All. you to please stand the Lord be with you that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, Everlasting God, who with thine only begotten Son of the Holy Ghost art one God, one Lord. And in the confession of the only true God, we worship the Trinity in person and the unity in substance of majesty co-equal. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, Our Lord Jesus Christ, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Strengthen and preserve you the true faith until life everlasting. Be part in peace. Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake. holy body and precious blood of our lord and savior jesus christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting depart in peace be of good cheer your sins are forgiven you for jesus sake amen Take heed.
1: this is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given into death for all of your sins, and may God bless you and keep you in his baptismal grace. take also and drink this is the true blood of our lord and savior jesus christ poured out for you for the full and free forgiveness of all of your sins now i ask you please to stand May this, the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen.
0: To the Lord for he is good O God the father fountain source of all goodness who in loving kindness did send thine only begotten son into the flesh we thank thee that for his sake thou hast given us pardon and peace in the sacrament and we beseech thee not to forsake thy children but evermore to rule our hearts and minds by thy Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve thee through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen. 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 You may be seated. We close our worship today by singing hymn 51, which is based on Hebrews chapter 13, the benediction there. Hymn 51, Now may he who from the dead... Welcome to all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you notice, the author of this last hymn shows that he did more than sit under an apple tree and uh, speculate about gravity, um, but he wrote some hymns that uh, indeed have gravity in them. uh, Speak about uh, the blessings that we have in our Lord Jesus. The announcements... Most of the announcements, I think there's a few that I need to make as well, are in the bulletin. I will have a Thanksgiving worship service uh, online, uh, hopefully by Wednesday afternoon, so you can use it Wednesday evening or Thursday or Friday if you need to. Uh, Marty will be preaching uh, next Sunday, and I feel bad because when we leave, I also leave him without music, and uh, it's hard tough one to to, uh, lead when you have to lead the music, too. Figure it out. Okay. And uh, I may let him pick hymns that he feels comfortable leading. And I did put the chord down there. If you want to plug in music uh, and play it off of a computer or tablet, you may be able to do it. You might want to try it out and make sure it works, but uh, it should. Also, I guess uh, you're planning to come on Saturday? Yes. At what time? One o'clock. Saturday at one o'clock. Those uh, to decorate the tree and and things. And Lonnie and I will will change the pyramids to purple uh, today so that they are ready for next Sunday. Any other announcements this morning? If not... Again, God's richest blessings to you in your Lord Jesus. Hold hold fast to him. Continue in the word of his grace uh, that uh, you may have hope, certain hope, of the eternal joys of heaven. Thank you.